Yeah, there's a few of us. Not as many as the Teutons. I miss them. They're not, they've been sick, so be praying for them. Um, so we're the Edwards, and we're supposed to give like a little tradition or something. We're supposed to talk about tradition. And um, yeah, we don't really have traditions in my house, which uh, is always interesting when we got to talk about traditions. But actually, we do. We have one tradition we do around Christmas time. We've started in the last couple of years, and that's the Jesse tree. Um, we have this cool little book we go through for 25 days and, um, we get to do like a little family devotional at night and then, um, and then we open a little gift, which is an ornament representing, um, something to do with Jesus, like leading us back towards Jesus. And it's really cool. Honestly, it's really neat in the sense of, um, you know, we get 25 days of anticipating Christmas, which is cool. And if some of those of you that have had kids, like, can you remember like when you knew the baby was coming, like the baby was on its way? Those of you that have, haven't had kids or haven't had kids yet, I mean, the, there's this anticipation of like, okay, the baby's coming, but we don't really know when, but we get to do, we start on the first and we know we have 25 days and then we get to celebrate Jesus is here. And like, that's the reason we get to give gifts, not because of Coca-Cola, Santa Claus. We get to give, we get to give gifts because we're excited about what, what Jesus has done. And, and, and like last night we opened up this, this little ornament and it was this weird looking cloud thing with a smiley face on it. And it had to do with, um, it was supposed to be a lamb and it was lamb's face and it was a fuzzy ball and it, you know, some, some kid had put it together and it was just great. And it was just a cool opportunity to talk about that, that with the kids. And, um, you know, each week it's, it's really neat. We've done what, five of them now. So, um, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Lisey, what, what has been your favorite one so far, ornament so far? The tent and the camel because... Jesus told Abram to go to this land that he's never been before, but he listened, even though it was scary for him. And Jesus was born in his family. Well, that's awesome. There was a promise, right? He promised Jesus through, through Abraham's line. The whole world would be blessed. So just a neat little thing that our family gets to do, which is pretty cool, so... Um, I guess Julian's going to read, and oh, actually, I'm here short people are really good at lighting candles, so no, I'm going to light the candle, and Julian's going to read. God's love is a life-changing love. It's displayed most fully in his overwhelming grace. This Christmas, we can experience his love in a real way by making certain our heart's affection is on him as we celebrate his first advent, even as we look forward to his second coming. The Lord's overwhelming love, amazing grace, and unmerited favor are fully on display at the first advent of Christ. When Gabriel comes to Mary, he immediately proclaims to her, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. That phrase, highly favored, literally means one graced of God or one who's greatly loved. God loves because he, cho he chooses to. It's his very nature, for God is love. He pours his blessing, favor, grace, and love upon those he chooses to, for he's Lord. Oh, what an amazing thing to be the recipient of his love and of his grace. All who have experienced the love of God were highly favored, just like Mary. 
His love is the greatest we will ever receive, and we should celebrate it, not simply through the season, but throughout the year. And I think that's something that's really neat about our family. We talk about how we're not big tradition people, and I think that's because almost every time we can point something back to God because he's all around us and his amazing creation, we do it all through the year. And so Christmas is just an extenuation of talking about what Christ has done for us. God's love is a radical love, an unrelenting love, and a pursuing love. Receiving the love of Christ is a life-changing event, and it transforms us and it conforms us. It not only teaches us, but it conforms our inner being. Once touched by the love of God, we're compelled to share his message with the world, looking for a replacement for his love. And we can see that it's being done in all the wrong places. So today we're going to light the candle. Looks like it's already lit. And throughout this week, uh, this is just a reminder that we are highly favored recipients of God's love, and we're called to shine his light of love through our world. It was once said, anything that's done in love ends well, and we have a perfect picture of that, right? Father, thank you for the opportunity to um, come up here and light this candle and just talk about you and how much you love us. And Lord, we thank you for that love. Thank you for that love of sending your son for us all to, um, for all of us so that we could all spend eternity with you. Lord, I just ask that you would, um, you would love on the world and love on the people around here and that you would just continue to be you and, and help us to, to be able to see that in your precious son's name. Amen. Sweet Edwards family guys, would you stand with me um, as I pray for our time in the word, please. Um, as we continue to talk about the, love of God. So uh, I'm, I'm going to pray. Pray with me as I pray. And good morning to those of you that are online as well. You are here with us. So uh, Father, I just come to you right now, Lord, on behalf of my brothers and sisters, both present with us and present with us on the internet, Lord, that, um, uh, that you would help us to soak in the depth and the beauty of the love that you have for us, Lord, that, that um, there are many things that we question in life, and yet we do not need to question your love for us because the cross is proof that you do. Christmas is proof that you do. Um, it, it, is, it, is the, it is the fulfillment of promise, of love promises that started thousands of years before they were fulfilled. And, and because you have fulfilled all of those, Lord, let, let, let us let us celebrate those fulfilled promises and then let us let that encourage our souls um, to look forward to the fulfillment of the rest of them. Lord, as, as was prayed during our prayer time today, we, um, although there is much to be discouraged and feel depressed about, I, I was just convicted during our prayer time personally that, that it's, because, it's because we're so stinking egocentric that we think it's all about us. We think this is the hardest time in the history of the world. Well, 2020 is... It's just because we weren't born some other time. Lord, we know that. Your people have gone through such hard times through history. Because this world is a hard world. But you've shown yourself faithful through it all. And, and those who have already gone to glory, not a single one of them in heaven right now, are, are looking down upon us going, man, it just wasn't worth it, guys. Give it up. They're going, hang on. Because, man... The joy that is set before you is, will blow your mind. So Lord, I pray that we would, even in the midst of our sickness and in the midst of our strife and struggles, Lord, I pray that we would just get over ourselves. 
that, that we would remember that, um, that, that you have shown us overwhelming, unrelenting, never-ending love. Never-ending. We will be with you forever and ever and ever. That is enough for us. And from there, let us just, let us not move from there. Let's just look there. So as we open up your word and we continue to worship you now, Lord, I pray that you would let all of that other distraction and discouragement of the world just fade away. And not just in the next few minutes, but as we even walk out of here later, uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us um, to just be a people um, that would speak words of love and life over our own souls and over the souls of other people to be encouraged Lord, we have so much to be thankful for. We have everything that really matters to be thankful for in Christ. It's in his glorious name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Please have a seat. If you would, grab your Bibles and open them up to Luke chapter 1. I want to show you um, an example of someone who got this whole concept of God with us. Jolene actually read part of it as, as the reading for the candle lighting for love. But you're going to open up to Luke chapter 1. I can't talk and do it at the same time, so I'll stop talking. So I can find Luke 1. Well-known part of the Christmas story. It's where the angel Gabriel, who's one of the two archangels, comes to Mary, Jesus' mom, and is going to announce the birth of our Savior Gabriel is, is one of the two archangels, and he seems to be the one that is, that is used in the role by God as messenger. Right? Michael is more the warrior. Gabriel is more the messenger. Um, they're both amazing beings. And I'm going to pick it up in verse 26, and he says this. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from the city of Galilee to Nazareth, a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, a descendant of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And going in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Now you remember last week we talked a little bit about how this idea of God with us, the Lord is with you, the Lord is your Emmanuel, right, is, is, is part of what God's story, this whole thing, from the time that withness was broken in the garden, the rest of this story is about a God who is unrelentingly pursuing withness with us. And so he is, he, so Gabriel is saying, God is with you, Mary, in a, in a very special way. And as Jolene read, um, the, that, that word there where it says, greetings favored one, that's actually the word charis, or carizo in this particular case, which means one graced of God. But that's all of us who have come to know. She's just the first one graced with Christ, literally, in her womb. But she's not the last one. Everyone who comes to Christ is one graced of God. And then it says, but she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering at what kind of salutation this might be. You would imagine as a potentially 13 or 14-year-old girl, you might wonder when this amazing angel comes up and tells you, greetings, you're highly favored. She's like, "I'm well, who, what? And then, it's, and then he has even more news. And the angel says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, or, I'm sorry, and, and, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and you will have a son and you shall call him Jesus, our God saves. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. 
And guys, I, I've, I've, read, I've taught through this passage before, and I'm not gonna, I, it's such a beautiful picture, but Gabriel is so excited because he has been waiting eons to share this good news. I mean, you can just almost picture him up there. Is it time? Is it time? Is it time? And, and God's constantly yanking him back, going, not yet, Gabriel. Not yet, Gabriel. And finally, he gets to go. And so he's telling Gabriel about it. And, says, and she's like, how can this be? Because I'm a virgin. And, and he says, well, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. No, duh. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, er, even your relative Elizabeth, has, who's also conceived a son of her old age, and she has been called, who has been called barren, in, is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God, Mary. Now look at Mary's response. I mean, just imagine, like, like getting this kind of news about God with you. God's going to be in you. And her response is, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And I want to just read a couple of verses. That if, you keep, if you go over to verse 46, this is the Magnificent. It's Mary's song. I'm just going to read the first, of the first three or four verses of it. It says, And Mary said this, she wrote this, moved by the Holy Spirit about what God has done in her life. She said, My soul, ex my soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count him blessed. For the mighty one has, will count me blessed, sorry. For the mighty one has done great things for me. And holy is his name. So the series that we're in right now, we're calling it God with us. This idea of withness with God. It's, it's, it's the story of God's word from beginning to end. And it, doesn't, it didn't begin at Christmas. And it certainly hasn't ended at Christmas. Last week, we looked at how God with us brings us hope. This week, we're going to look at how God with us brings us love. And the question we're going to ask today is simply, what does love do? What does love do? And we're going to look at, I mentioned last week, rather than just pull a whole bunch of verses that have to do with, that have the word love in them and talk about the love of God, I thought we would just look at scenes in the life of Christ where he demonstrates love in powerful ways. Just like last week, we looked at how he gave hope in powerful ways. So if you would, turn to John chapter 13, and we're going to work through a couple of different sections of this chapter I've taught through this before, so I'm going to go really fast. This isn't really an exposition of these particular passages, but what this passage is going to show us today is that here's what love does. Love does the dirty work. Love does the dirty work. Love also looks for the good of others, and love lives in the light of the Lord. And that's what we're going to see. But, but, but again, so rather than teach, like, here's, what, here's, here's a tech. The definition of, or even how the Bible defines love, we're just going to look and see what love looks like. It's, love is not just an action that God has shown upon us in sending His Son Jesus Christ. It is, it is who He is. Right? God is love. He's, he's holy and just and righteous, but He is He is love, and so love is just an overflow of who He is, and. Because we are now His, that's the whole point of today's message. Our love for one another is just an overflow of the love He's placed in us. 
right? And so, and that's really the point that Jesus is going to try to press home even now. Guys, ultimately, why I want to spend time, like, looking at passages about Jesus instead of just, like, verses on love is because I, I want us to see that, I want us to see that, that this is, this story is bigger than us. Right, like, like part of it's, it's what I it's what I felt convicted about during our prayer time. Part of our struggle right now is is, and I'll just I'll speak for me. Part of my struggle is I have bought into the lie that 2020 is the worst thing that has ever happened in the history of the planet, and it just isn't true. But we all believe it's true. Why? Because we live in 2020. And since life is all about us, guys, our very propensity to believe that's true is is because we think life is about us. And so rather than look and go, okay, well, Doug, help me see, help, like show me all the positive things about God's love for me. I'm going to say, no, let's look and see how does Jesus demonstrate love? And then what does he tell us to do with that? Because it gets our eye, we're the problem. It gets our eyes off of us and onto Christ and what he would have us do. And if we would just keep living out the rest of 2020, and 2021, whatever the Lord has in store for us there, if we would just live it out for him and his glory, then it won't seem so bad. But when I turn inwardly and I start going, to start, that's where I, here, in here is where I find the woe is me. Right? It's in here and it's with you people that I find hope and love and joy and peace. So that's what we need to be focused on. Okay, so let's pick it up. We're going to see what does love do? Well, love does the dirty work. So pick it up in our first point. We're going to start in chapter 13, verse 1. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come and that he would depart from, from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end or to the, to the utmost extent or as to the greatest extent possible, Verse 2, during supper, the devil already having put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him. Verse 3, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God. So all that, all that's a whole, that whole introduction is just to say, Jesus now knows this is the moment. This is the moment to do something freakishly like out of the ordinary. Right. And he's like, okay, so so the, so he's saying, so this is John's way of saying Jesus knew from the Father that now's the time. And at that moment, because they've already been in the upper room for some time, they're in the middle of, of, of dinner at this point of the Passover meal. It says, Jesus got up from the supper, laid aside his garments, and taking a t and taking a towel, he girded himself. Now, guys, I, I said I've taught on this passage before, but understand something. Jesus is the Jesus is the rabbi. Like even if you even if you downshift to the fact that the disciples didn't really at this point because they weren't spirit filled yet. So maybe you're like, okay, well they don't really know. Even though Peter's made the profession that Jesus you're the Christ, they don't really understand what all that even means. They're still thinking it's some sort of a government that he's going to set up and, and and take over the Roman Empire. So they're they're clueless. I get it. Set all that aside. Set aside that they don't know Jesus is the Son of God. It's easy for us to judge them. At the very least, Jesus, by their own standard, Jesus is the most important man in the room. 
And yet, all 12 of those men walked into a room knowing what the custom is. The custom is you do not sit down at a meal with your, especially not this meal, not the Passover, without ceremonially cleansing your hands and your feet. So why didn't any of them? Why is Jesus the one who gets up? Well, because in Mark 10.45, he says that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. But he still, I mean, he had every, Jesus had every right, especially knowing what's coming here in just a few hours. He has every right to say, hey, gentlemen, maybe you guys ought to get your act together and just remember what the custom is here in our country, right? And instead, he gets up, takes off his outer garments so they don't get wet and filthy and disgusting, puts on a towel, goes and gets the basin of water that every one of those men knew why it was there. They, every one of them walked by it. It would, have been at the, it would have been at the front of the room. Every one of them walked by it, and every one of them had the thought, not me. I'm not doing that. That's for the lowly of the low. That's for those people. Why? What is that saying about their, what is that saying about their opinion of themselves? And what is that saying about their opinion of their brothers? Because every one of them is going, if there's somebody, they, they might not, I'm, I'm sure none of them would have said, the guy in the room that should be doing this since there's no servant here to do it is Jesus. None of them would have said that. They just would have all had a different name other than their own. Andrew would have said James. James would have said John. Peter would have said Simon. Maybe all of them would have said Judas. I don't know. The point is, Jesus is the only one that gets up. Jesus is the only one that gets up from the table and girds himself. Guys, what, what point, what does that have to do with us? Well, so what? Here, here's, here's, because this, the very reason they didn't wash each other's feet is pride and arrogance. It is this, it is this propensity that we all have to simply believe that somehow we're just a little better than those people. And here's the problem as it relates to love, because we're talking about what does love do? Love does the, the dirty work. Here's the problem. You cannot love someone you think is beneath you. You just can't. Like you cannot genuinely love someone you think is below you. And, and yet, in our society, and social media has certainly helped ramp this up a little bit, it is all about siloing and everybody that's not in our silo, whatever that's, and I'm not even going to go into all, we, we've talked a lot about the different kinds of silos throughout, even before the political season started that we all set up even within the church. But what we start to believe is everyone who is not in our silo is not worthy. Right? They're below us. They're not as smart as us. They're not as whatever it is. And we've even carried that over to our faith. Guys, unless we believe that the reason I'm, guys, unless I believe that the reason I'm a Christian, that I, that I have come to faith in Christ, is because a sovereign God in his great love for us, that while I was still dead in my trespasses and sins, Christ died for me. That but God, when I was dead, 
reached down and pulled me out of the filth that I was in and made me alive? Apart from me? Apart from anything I did or didn't do? Anything short of believing that is to say that the reason I'm a Christian is because I'm just smarter than the people that reject him. Now, I understand that nobody in here would say that. Nobody in here would say that I, the reason I'm sitting here today, Doug, and the reason I'm a Christian is because I'm just smarter than those people. But unless you believe the only reason you sit here today as a Christian is because Christ saved you, that's what we're saying. There's no other alternative. And so we have to come to grips with the fact that what, what led these 12 clueless men to not do what they knew they should have done is the same wicked, sinful heart that we have apart from Christ. And we have to push past that. So let's pick it up in um, verse 5. He says, When he poured the water in the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel with which he had girded, so he, so he came to, Pete, to Simon Peter and said, and, and, and said to him, I'm sorry, and Simon Peter said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, what I, do to, what I do to you now, you do not realize, but you will understand hereafter. And Peter said to him, never shall you wash my feet. Now remember that for what's going to happen in our second scene here. Never shall you wash my feet. If I do not wash you, and then Jesus says, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. So then Simon Peter completely flips and says, well, then wash my whole body, then give me a bath. And Jesus is like, yeah, Peter, get a grip, brother. Like, seriously. He's like, you don't need a bath. You just need your feet cleaned. Verse 11. For he knew that the one who was betraying, he said, because he says, you're not all clean. For you knew that the one that was betraying him was still in the room. That, and, and I've taught on this a lot. Guys, by design, Jesus washes Judas's feet. He could have waited for Judas to leave the room to do this whole scene. It's, it's part of that when the time was exactly right, Jesus said, okay, I will, I'm going to wash the feet of the one who's going to betray me because of the point he's going to make here in just a minute. So jump down to verse, um, jump down to verse 12. So when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and reclined back to the table, so he returns to the rest of them, he says to them, do, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and your Lord and teacher, washed your feet, you also are to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you also should do as I did to you. What was the example he gave them? Was it just foot washing? Because there are churches that practice foot washing. And I've even done it with people that I've discipled. Um, where, we would, where we would practice like that is we brought in new leaders. And say, okay, we're going to wash each other's feet because it was just a way of showing humility. But I think, I think it's bigger than just foot washing. Ultimately, what he's saying, here's the example. The example is love selflessly. Love selflessly. Right? It's, 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 guys, it's, it's the picture I'm going to put up again, I think. Our job is to love people without asking them or without asking us, if, ourselves, if they deserve it. Our job, if we're going to follow what we just saw Jesus do, is to love other people without asking whether or not they deserve it. 
I, I, I don't, don't, even though you've seen this, I've, I've said this now, like, don't let that pass you by. Everybody right now, one, two, three, eyes on the screen. It's on the screen, right? Okay. <laughs> Read that just to yourself right now and ask the Lord, who is that person? You know where I'm going. Do I need to finish this thought? Who is the person that you simply don't love or have justified treating in an unloving way because you don't think they deserve it? And if you're sitting here right now and you're going, I don't have one of those people in my life, I really, really want to talk to you after church. Not to prove you wrong, because I want to know your secret. Because, man, I'll tell you what, that, I struggle all the time with this. I am a scorekeeper. And, and we have to get past that. Okay, so before we talk about our table talk question here in just a minute, guys, it's so much easier for us to see ourselves as better than other people. But ultimately what that means is we see ourselves as better than Christ. Because the, point, the whole point of this scene is Christ is saying, I am the most important person in the room by your standard, and I am bringing myself down to the lowest person I can possibly be. I am emptying myself of all of my rights because I want to show you that that's what love looks like. That's what love feels like. And that's the question, uh, the table talk question today. It's, on, it's in your connecting points, on the, um, but it's also in the devotional book. It's off of page 31 on our daily devotional book. I forgot to bring a copy up here, but we have the devotionals. They're in the back if you didn't get to pick one up. Those of you that are home and you can't come, they're on the front porch of my house. If you need my address, just text me or email me. Um, and you can pick one up. Um, any, or a bunch of them up, but the on page 31 of the devotional for um, this coming week, which is love. So we're starting love today, and we're going to keep moving through um, seven days of, of devotional readings on love. Is uh, It says, what does love feel like to you? What does love feel like to you? So I'm going to give you, and it's, it's going to go quick, and I'll tell you why in a minute, because I want to share some of them. So you're going to have one minute. So you got to start the conversation. You can't take one minute to warm up. You have one minute to throw out ideas of what does love feel like? Like what, are, what makes you feel loved? Would be a bit, that's how they ask the question. I would turn, I would just say, like, what, is, what do people do that makes you feel loved? Go. Okay, minutes up. So... Um, over here, just give me something at your table, John, that you guys said. Accepting people for who they are. Good. Um, back here in the back, Sean. <laughs> Did nobody said anything? Encouragement. Awesome. Just send, give, speaking words of encouragement over each other. Um, back here, Tyler. A simple smile. Awesome. Good. Um, how about right here? Kylie. Kendall said hugs. I, I'll just let you know. Kylie said coffee. Um, so that tells you a little bit about who's, you know, people's priorities. A little weird. I know. Anybody over here? Uh, JT. Food. Awesome. Woo. Yeah. 
Yeah, Farron's like, can I get an amen from the congregation? (laughs) You have one? A what? People that do something that costs them something. Good. That's all, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just the act, like knowing that it costs them their time, their, like, like, it's, it's that whole idea of, like, they've thought of me. Awesome. Anyone else just got one they have to share? Mark has one he has to share, apparently. According to Kylie. Asking questions and genuinely caring. That's an awesome, that is a lost art, honestly. I mean, in our culture nowadays, because so, there's, so, so, there's so little interaction, even before COVID, like, so, like face-to-face interaction and, and real conversation. Um, the act of asking questions, hey, how are you doing? How's your day going? How could it be better? How's your soul? How's school? How, whatever. And then actually list, being an active listener and responding to what they said. Um, that, that is becoming a lost art. And so when you actually do get to have it, those moments is like, wow, thanks. That was really sweet. Like I'm, I'm, I'm an actual person, you know? Thank you. Yes, Teresa. Mm. Amen. Yeah, if you could hear. So it's, it's, uh, if we would look at people the way a mom looks at her children and doesn't go, here are the lists of things that you either did or are going to do wrong in your life. But just when you are a precious child of God made in his image, we would approach people. Because the reality is every human being that has ever lived is an image bearer of the Almighty. That's why there are no classes of people in the world. There are no, there are no races. There's the human race. There's a lot of ethnicities out there. But the reality is that every human is part of one race, and that is the race of Adam, and, the, and Adam and Eve were made in the image of God. And that's, that alone makes them worthy of love. And I'm preaching to myself. So let's keep going. So today, what, what does love, or I'm sorry, <laughs> today's question is, what does love do? One, love does the dirty work. The second thing is, love longs for the good of others. Love longs for the good of others. So we're going to pick it up in verse 31 of chapter 13. And then I'm going to invite a couple of people up to share to make the rest of this point here in just a minute. So in verse 31, it says, therefore, when, they, when he had gone out, Jesus said, so he, Judas has left the room now. We skipped that part. Now, now the son of man, now the son of man, um, sorry, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him immediately. Little children, I am with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, now I will also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. You can almost hear Christ's desperation. Like he knows the moments he has left with these men is running short, and he's like, little children, I'm not going to be with you guys much longer. I know what's about to happen. I know what's about to happen to you. Hang in there. Right? It, 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 it ought to resonate with who we are right now. Verse 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you would love one another. Even as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Do you see where it says, even as I have loved you? What that actually means is in the exact same way. He's not saying, since I loved you. That's not what that means. It means in the same manner in which I have demonstrated my love to you for the last three years and in the last three hours, including washing your stinking, smelling feet, even though you're the ones that should have washed mine, 
That's what you are to love each other that way. In the, even as is in the exact same way. And then he says, and here's the whole why. And Daniel prayed it during our prayer time. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Guys, loving other people, lo- lo- loving one another is just a tangible overflow of, of, of our God's love for us. In other words, in other words, we don't, we, I can't, my, like, like every other area of my life, I tend to walk out of here on a Sunday or I think to myself, okay, I just got to get better at loving today's topic, let's just say. But last week it could have been hoping, right? But the problem with that is I'm, I'm, I'm drawing from the wrong well. I'm drawing from this well. Right? For me to really, for, for, for them to do what he's telling them to do, for them to do, for us to do what he's telling us to do here, to love one another well, it has to be as an overflow of the love that we have experienced from him. And that's where we're going to finish up on our last point. But before we get there, I just want you to see some tangible evidence of what it looked like for us to love on some people who desperately needed. And so I asked um, um, Jesse and Corey Signs to come up and share a little bit about their trip to Mexico, which was two weeks ago now. Has it been that? Yeah. All right. So they're going to come up and they're going to share a little bit. We have some pictures to show, but it is a direct tangible way of saying that, that we're going to long to love the people that really need it. So you guys can, you only have one mic, so you got to share. Sorry. Good morning. My wife and I were given the privilege um, to share a few examples of love demonstrated towards others. John 13, 35 says this, that we proved to be his disciples by our love towards others. A couple weeks ago, um, we were supposed to build a house in Mexico, but that got postponed. God had a way better plan for us. Some of us still felt led to go down that weekend to visit our families in Rocky Point. But we, because we've learned by us going down there, helps them feel remembered and loved in the real way. It's really awesome how God made a way for this special trip to happen. First, the condo was confirmed that weekend. Second, brother uh, Scott McAllister, not with us today, he's working, was in on a short notice. Thirdly, our atheist, not yet saved translator, Abraham, was available. This all happened as we walked into service that Sunday and sat down to worship King Jesus. You all encouraged us, by the way, you gave that Sunday. Once again, we proved to be his disciples by our love towards others. So on that day, um, at the end of service, Jesse had challenged um, uh, everyone um, if they felt led in any capacity, um, that you should, you showed your love towards us and so, um, and towards the families there in Mexico. So we had lots of people um, that donated just that day, just whatever they had. So thank you for that. And so God used us all, you and I, as instruments of his love. Uh, we went down there as your representatives as an extension of your generosity and love, but also as ambassadors of our King Jesus Christ to show his love to those he loves down south. And so we shared with Camilo um, and 
and in turn, he blessed his congregation. So Camilo has his home church. Um, and so he blessed his congregation. Um, we got to see Bertha, who we've built for in the past, and she's uh, caring for eight members um, in her family. Um, we shared with Isaac and Monica, and they also in turn give to their community, members of their community the gifts that you sent. And then we got to see Eduardo and Ilse. Um, they have six children and loved um, how we gave them specific items for their home because they don't have any power. They just recently got water, but they don't have any power. And then they have so many um, children to feed. So, and then um, we were able to see Alejandra and Valentin um, who say that they were very blessed just um, by us being there uh, with them. And we hadn't seen them for about three years since the last time we built for them. So that was a real blessing. And Alejandra said that um, she didn't, that she didn't need anything from us that um, just by us being there was enough. And so um, by this, we know, we'll know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You know, one of the things Corey shared with the families in Mexico is um, that this trip was way bigger than the four of us that went down there, she would tell them. We have a church body who gave in order for this trip to take place. A group of people who loves you. And what's even more awesome than that is that Jesus loves you more, she shared with them. He made this trip happen. So Cornerstone Church, be encouraged. God loves you and uses each and every one of us to demonstrate his love to others. And love is best expressed by our actions. So church, go and serve your king by loving others. Thank you. Pay to applaud in church, really. I'm praising the Lord for what he's done. It was, um, um, Jesse, um, so before you, sorry. So, um, like, while you guys were down there, just tell me, like, what was one thing that you were just like, man, that was totally the Lord? Because I know you and I were talking, there were so many of them. And I, and by the way, so Jesse sends me a picture yesterday, right? Because I, I freaked everybody out about how much time they got. I'm like, yeah, five minutes, five minutes five minutes right and then um and so he sends this picture of him going i'm ready and he's holding this piece of paper here and the bottom of it is on the floor down on the floor and he's like i'm ready to share and i'm like yeah jesse i love you um so then he's all a little too freaked out so he doesn't want to share any of this so so just like pick just i'm not putting you on the spot but like what's something that you just saw the spirit do that yeah yeah i'm just gonna say uh you guys missed out by not going. Um, <laughs> the first thing is usually um, God saved it for this trip because usually when I drive through the border, I never get pulled over. I got pulled over twice by the federales. Then I got pulled over by the policia. And it was a, it was a trip the way it worked. It was crazy. I don't know how you say it, how I would say it, but that's just the way I say it. But what happened was uh, when we went through the border and I got pulled over by the policia, it seemed like the policia, the officer that pulled us over was in the hot seat. Our atheist, not yet saved translator, Abraham, thought that the police was on drugs. I give it all to God because um, that person felt out of place. He let us go without taking any money from me and um, no ticket. And um, that's just one, that was just the start of our trip. Mm. You know, five minutes in, into the border. <laughs> and that's just God. And just the, just the. Um, but I think it's more than that because we were able to share with Abraham that 
we felt that it was all God that let that we didn't have to, we got away without having to pay. Usually it's $40 or take all your money or whatever they want to do with you at that point, you know? Um, so I think that was really cool that we get a, when we get back in the, in the vehicle and we're like, no, that was all God. That mm. was, that was God that protected us. That's prayers from everybody that's praying for us. So we were, that, I think that was, that was really cool. And, and just one quick thing, because we're in the Advent season and how we're, constantly um to be uh, having our lights trimmed and be waiting for the bridegroom to return on this second advent but um what happened was it's really a, 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 an amazing demonstration of uh that in in the family where we're sitting down having dinner or breakfast um we're having a manta breakfast with ilse and eduardo and um we told ilse the day before that we were going to come back and visit the the man of the home before we left and, and just tell him that we love him and what happened was they were waiting for us at five in the morning with breakfast ready. Mm. And um, we didn't, he, he, he worked till midnight the night before. And we didn't even call him till like eight thirty nine o'clock. And so we're like, we gotta go. We gotta get over there. They were waiting, they were waiting for us. Mm. And, and oh man, just the love of those little kids. Mm. You guys, uh, you guys get a chance. We're, we're planning on doing more of these cannonball trips where it's just a weekend or a day trip up there and back. You guys have a passport go. Uh, get expected to get pulled over, but be blessed, be blessed <laughs> beyond, you know, your pockets, you'd come back full of blessings and just cup overflowing and wanting to serve your king. As, as Doug said, it's, it's just an overflow of how we're just poured into, you know what I mean? So that's awesome. Thank you guys so much. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Pra yeah, exactly. Woo! God is, God is awesome. And you guys, and you guys have been faithful and, um, and just how you've been able to help. Like, so we've been able to, it, it really was, as Jesse said, us rally coming together and the amount of stuff they took down and money that they were able to take and um, through your generosity. So you guys are a part of that, even if you don't physically go. But um, let's pick it up and we're going to finish this point and move on to our last point that's going to go really quickly, actually. Um, so we're going to pick it up in verse 36. Um, in, and we're still talking about how <laughs> um, that, that um, God's love, that, that what does love do? It longs for the good of others. Now look at what Simon Peter says. And verse 36 says, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered, where I go, you cannot follow me, but now, but now, but you will come later. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'm willing to lay my life down for you. Now, wait a second, Peter. A few minutes ago, you wouldn't even wash the brother's feet. Like, like, like you wouldn't lower yourself to the point of putting yourself out to wash the feet of Christ. But now all of a sudden, you're going to lay your life down for him, right? Is that, and, and we know what happens, that Peter does deny him three times. But, but my, my point is, like, and so does Jesus. But was, was, was Peter ever going to lay his life down for Jesus at that point? No. We, I mean, and we knew that before he denied him. Because he denied him when he walked in the room and didn't wash his feet. So we keep going. He says, Jesus answered and said, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, I say to you, as a rooster, the rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. And if you remember, do you, and, and, and again, I've taught on this, this very scene multiple times. If you go to the end of the Gospel of John, do you remember how Jesus restores Peter? Three times he looks at Peter and he asks the question, in light of today's topic, what does he say to Peter? Peter, do you love me? And the last time he actually just says, Peter, do you even like me? Is ultimately what the Greek says there. Do you even really like me? Am I even just your friend? Right? 
But, but it's because he knew Peter's heart and what is going to have to happen to that heart in order for Peter to truly love someone the way, he, the way he is supposed to, the way we are not just commanded to, but empowered to. Because Peter couldn't yet. But shortly after John 21 comes Acts chapter 1, and then Acts chapter 2, and the Holy Spirit falls upon Peter. And from that point on, he is now able to do like supernatural acts of love, right? So the, point, the question we're looking at today is, what does love do? The first, it does the dirty work. The second thing is, it longs for the good of other people. I'm going to ask the music team to come up and the people to pass around the communion trays right now as we do our last point. Because my last point, and Emma, you can just start playing, um, but... It, I'm going to, we're going to go to the beginning of the Gospel of John. So turn to John chapter 1, starting in verse 1. And it's okay, community people, you can come up. You're not going to distract me. Just, just whatever. Just, you don't have to be in a hurry. We have some time. But, um, but in John chapter 1, we're going to look at how love lives by the light of the world. So what does love do? It lives by the light of the world. And, and look Again, I've, I've used this passage multiple times. Easter, Christmas, when we talk through the Gospel of John, obviously, it's one of my favorite passages. John chapter 1, starting in verse 1, and we're going to read through verse 14. But there's a reason. It's because um, there, is, there is so much richness and beauty. But how it relates to us today is, guys, our ability to follow the example that Christ just asked us to follow at the beginning of our passage, did you see what I did? I washed your feet. I served you selflessly. Now you're supposed to do that. Do you know how important it is to love one another? By loving one another, you, you are going to show the world that you're mine. The, guys, that can only be an overflow of this moment, of, of what we see here. We cannot walk out of here just going, I just need to be better at loving people. I need to be selfless. I, what we need to do is go, I need to spend more time gazing into the light of my Savior and being reminded of his love for me. Because when I remember what he did for me, how much he loves me, and who he is compared to me, guys, how can I not love other people well? The times when I'm struggling to love other people well, it's because I have forgotten him. I've made it about me. And what I love about this first part is about John, the way John starts his gospel is it is all about Christ. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. That one. Took off his clothes, put a towel around his waist, got on his knees, and washed the feet of 12 men that were sticking it in his face. And they knew it. And he didn't care. Why? Because his love is unconditional. He loved them. That's why he did it. He loves you. But guys, that, don't let that love, like don't let, don't let the, that, like don't just go, okay, yeah, I get that. 
understand that the power behind that love is the power I just read. He, Jesus, the Lamb of God, is God. And yet, he gets on his knees and he washes your feet. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing has come into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. But there was the light, the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, but the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God even to those who have believed in his name, who were born not of, <coughs> excuse me, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of the will of God. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the truth that that your love is who you are. And who you are is what makes your love so amazing. I'm not even sure I know how to connect those two thoughts in my head, Lord. I, I, I don't. I, 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 I read even our calling passage and, and, and so much in your word about the depth and the breadth of your love for us. And then I even try to connect it in my little puny brain to what we just read, that, that, it was, that that love flows from the Word who was with God in the beginning, who is God from the beginning. And, and what makes that even more amazing is so that we could see it and so that we could partake of it. You punched a hole in this world. And you came as a boy, as a baby, in a manger, cold, hungry, Rejected by the very people you came to save. Still rejected by the very people you long to love. But God, rich in mercy, because of your great love for us, 
died. Lord, let us be moved by that love in a way that moves us to love others well. In Jesus' name, amen.